some of the problems they had back in Rome that led to them creating the Julian calendar are because they were not doing what Genesis did. They were not using observations to determine when to add leap days, extra days to the calendar. So the calendar got off, way off. By 1582, um, spring was way off. And so there was something that needed to be done. They knew this was a problem in 1545. Pope Paul III was pressured to change this or to do something about it. But hey, Pope, you can understand, he just got a letter from Copernicus saying the earth was moving, right? I don't, <laughs> so the earth is moving and our calendar is broken. <laughs> what are we going to do? Yeah. How can we tell time? Something needs to happen here, right? Uh, so it was crazy times. Welcome to this episode of Good Heavens, a podcast about the universe with Wayne and Dan. Good Heavens is a podcast examining and appreciating the wonders of the cosmos from a biblical perspective, designed for education and wholesome entertainment for the whole family. From the most distant galaxies to the strangest stars in the universe, Wayne and Dan cover a wide variety of cosmological and astronomical topics as they point to the glory of God in Christ. Here are your hosts, Wayne Spencer and Daniel Ray. Well, hello, Mr. Spencer. It is another episode of Good Heavens. It's about time. Well, hello, Mr. Ray. It's, uh, we're back at it again. You missed my joke. I said it's about time. Get it? <laughs> uh, it's about th- <laughs> What time is it? Because that's what we're talking about tonight. Time. How do we know what time it is? How do we know what day it is? Yes. What time is it? We mentioned uh, that Chicago song last episode. Does anyone really know what time it is? <laughs> and then the next line is, does anyone really care? And uh, so tonight we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to answer that question. The ancient people uh, struggled with this, as we're going to discover. We're going to be talking about calendars and time in relation to the moon and sun and uh, the problems that the ancient people had with, well, it wasn't, well, there were problems. We're going to talk about that. But, you know, back in Rome, they didn't have Walmart. <clears throat> you couldn't go get your uh, NASCAR calendar for 2021. And uh, they didn't have watches, right? Maybe they had sundials. But uh, how do you tell time? And what do you do about the calendar? How long is a year? Uh, and what do you do without a NASCAR calendar, Wayne? What do you do without calendars? What do you do? Well, well more than that, what do you do if one nation had one calendar and or one city had one calendar and a different city had a different calendar? And uh, how do you agree on when to do something? Oh, that was a situation that was faced by uh, one of the popes in uh, Copernicus's time, Pope Paul III. He was kind of pressured to do something about the calendar that was out of whack with the observable seasons. And uh, so not only was the calendar broken, uh, he had this little note from Copernicus suggesting the earth moved. What a, what a tumultuous time. The earth is moving and our calendar is broken. Right. So this in this day and age, Dan, we've 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 got a per, we've got a pretty good calendar uh, system today, but 
it was after a lot of trouble and trials through years of history that uh, we arrived at the calendar system we have now. And uh, th- so we're kind of getting into why calendars are relevant to people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we're kind of also leading up to a discussion of the last week of Christ. Yes. And believe it or not, calendars have something to do with understanding the Gospels about uh, when Christ was crucified. Right. Uh, it is a... So, is a this is kind of leading up to Easter. Right, right. It is a long-standing discussion about some of the t- references to time in the New Testament about when the Passover occurred and when Jesus was crucified. So we're going to begin at the beginning when uh, we see God creating the original calendar. Uh, in Genesis, of course, God made the two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He made the stars also. And God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on earth and to govern the day and the night and to separate light from darkness, light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And of course, in verse 14, God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. So the original calendars, Wayne, way back were the sun and the moon. Yeah, in the NIV it says, and let them serve as signs to mark seasons and days and years. So calendars are actually... Along with along with the issue of how you how you count days, uh, that's how we do what that verse in Genesis says. How do we mark seasons and days and years? Right. And if you have a wall calendar, one of those traditional wall calendars that you can get at Walmart, uh, some of them may have little crescent moons or full moons on them, new moon, full moon, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Uh, those are describing the different phases of the moon as it goes through a month. And so you're going to unpack, we are going to unpack a little bit about the lunar or moon-based calendar and a solar or sun-based calendar. Uh, Tonight, people kept time by the sun And people kept time by the moon. Now, fun fact, uh, Wayne, if you kept a calendar by the sun, it would be so many days. If you kept a calendar by the moon, it would be so many days. And they don't match, right? That's right. So uh, if the the month averages about 29 and a half days, it's not an exact number of days, but it's for one, and that's the time for the the moon to make one orbit around the Earth, and so twelve of those turns out to be. Uh, let me get the number here. Three hundred fifty-four days. That is a lunar year. Three hundred fifty-four days. A lunar year would be twelve monthly cycles of the moon and that would be adding up to 354 days 
and change. Now, if you followed the sun in the sky and you did a calendar based on the sun, you're looking at 365.25 or 26 or 24, depending on who you're talking to, 365 and a quarter days, right? Right. And I think normally for calculations, people use the number 365.26. Okay. All right. (laughs) So you can see there's a discrepancy between the lunar and the solar calendars. Some people kept a lunar calendar. Some people kept a solar calendar. And if that wasn't complicated enough, there was a loony solar calendar, wasn't there? Well, that's a kind of a umbrella term. That just means uh, a calendar that that uses uh, counts off the days of the month and observes the moon, but yet it adds some kind of corrections or adds a number of days or something mm-hmm. to make the months match up with the length of a year. So lunisolar just means you're you're using things in combination. Got it. Uh, so no, for just to give an example, something different from that was the ancient Egyptians. So they had a lunar calendar and they had a solar calendar. And the lunar calendar was based on uh, observing the moon in a certain way. So they would look and when there's a new uh, a new crest, crescent moon comes up in the early mm-hmm. part of the month, that's when they would mark the beginning of a new month, when they saw the new crescent moon rising. And then, but they, the number of days in the year, when they counted off the months, it never matched the number of days in the year. They didn't try to match them up. Instead, they just had two of them. <laughs> <laughs> so they had the uh, the lunar calendar that was shorter than the solar calendar. And they, they used the solar calendar for kind of national things. And it's, it was uh, people call it a civil calendar, and then the lunar calendar for the Egyptians was more for religious uh, events, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, religious mm-hmm. festivals and such. Now, I know that they coincided, uh, a big part of their calendar year was the rising of Sirius before the sunrise, the heliacal rising of Sirius, because at the time of the rising of Sirius, that would uh, go along with the flooding of the Nile. Which allowed them to, uh, you know, have crops and all that stuff. A very huge and very important uh, cyclical uh, event in Egyptian history, much like uh, Old Faithful at uh, Yellowstone. Another faithful body of water doing something, it seems, beneficial to mankind. Yes. Uh, So they marked that important event, um, the rising of Sirius, as well. And uh, we were talking about Egyptian calendars, and I have... Uh, I did, uh, we did doing some research here. I got the Greek names of the Egyptian months, and uh, I thought it would be fun to try to pronounce them. Okay. Um, We have Thoth, Paofi, Aether, Choake, Tibi, Meshir, Famanoth, Farmuthi, Pashan, Paini, Epiphi. Mesor, and then at the end of their 12 months, they would add five additional days. Uh, so those were the Greek names of the Egyptian months. 
Uh, don't make me remember those. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that is uh, that is a an ancient um, ancient calendar, the Egyptian calendar. What else would, did you find out about uh, the Egyptians as they kept time, Wayne? So they had two calendars that were not in sync with each other, and um, it turns out that the you know when the 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 Jews were slaves in Egypt. Um, before they left Egypt, they were told uh, by God to to uh, he told Moses to change their uh, calendar. So they they made a certain month uh, the first month of their year, which marked uh, the Passover and their leaving Egypt. And uh, so the the Jews apparently started with a calendar similar to the Egyptian solar calendar, but it was, uh, it started at a different time of the year. The beginning of the year was uh, right about now. It was around March, April, and that was the first month. And then uh, there's almost always been, or there's lots of different calendars that have been created over the years, Dan, and there's still a lot, more than you might think, than used today, but Today, everyone follows the Gregorian calendar, mm-hmm. and for most events around the world. But, but for special things or certain religious groups, for example, may have uh, a certain calendar for for their for their own religious holidays. Yeah, the uh, passage that you were talking about in Exodus is uh, Exodus twelve um, that uh, gives details about the Passover lamb, and in. Uh, Exodus 12, 1 and 2, now the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this is before they leave, as you said, this month shall be the beginning of months for you. It is to be the first month of the year to you. And then in verse 3, it says, speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying on the 10th of this month, they are each one to take a lamb for themselves according to their father's households a lamb for each household. So this is the beginning and the description of the Passover feast, the Passover celebration that uh, calls to remembrance the idea of God, uh, well, not the idea, the event of God saving his people uh, from Egypt, bringing them out of Egypt through the Passover, the final plague that strikes the Egyptians. God passes over the house of Israel who puts blood on their doorposts. And so the Feast of Unleavened Bread and the Passover Feast memorializes God's passing over Israel as he leads them out of Israel. And as we'll talk about later in the next episode, we'll talk more about how this is related, of course, to Jesus and the last week that he spent uh, with the disciples. So yeah, the first month of the year, what we would consider to be January, this was not January necessarily for Israel, but from what I read, this new month, the beginning of the year would have been a March-April time frame um, as we understand it today. Did you find that to be true, the case? Uh, yes. And uh, the, if you talk about other ancient uh, nations, like, say, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, they had a different kind of calendar. And now the Egyptians, to them, the sun was very important, and they measured their days at, from sunrise, okay? Sunrise to sunrise was the way they counted a day. 
but in uh, Babylon, they counted from the evening. So, so they, um, they looked at the position of the the, sun, the moon as it sets to determine uh, the the end of a day, the beginning of the next another day. So, sunset, the sunset was more the idea. And so, when the Israelites mm-hmm. went into um, exile in Babylon. Guess what they had to do? The Babylonian time. They had to use the Babylonian calendar. Mm-hmm. But there were some Israelites, some Jews that stayed in um, Mesopotamia and Canaan area. And so they didn't all change to the Babylonian calendar. So when you come to the time of Christ, by that time, now the Romans are in charge, right? Mm-hmm. So the Romans had a calendar. The there were some Jews that had one calendar because they never went to Babylon and all that. And there's actually a, another group in Israel that uh, were the people in Qumran who had their own calendar, and it was different from the other Jews. Mm-hmm. And then there was the the official Jewish calendar in the time of Christ was. Uh, similar to the Babylonian calendar. Mm. And in the Jewish calendar, some of the month names, some of the month names in the Jewish calendar are come from the Babylonian month names. Right. And so the first month was called Nisan. And Nisan, it was a short, uh, an abbreviation of the Babylonian uh, name Nisanu. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. And that was just, that was one one example of those. Their months were alternating between twenty nine and thirty days. Um, I'm not sure if they had twelve or thirteen months, but I think they had an extra. Um, well, they called it an extra month at the end of the year. So if you if you do your your months at say twenty nine days or something, it would come out too short, and so they would. Um, they would tag on extra days at the end of the year. Uh, it's what the Babylonians did. But later in history, um, I think it was the Romans, the first came up with the idea of tagging an extra day on in February instead of at the end of the year. So some places they would actually have a certain years where they would have, they would let the, the time kind of uh, accumulate, and then they would have an extra month, and you have a, a year with 13 months, and then the next year you go back to 12 months. Um, but it, I think it was in, in during the Roman time that they they started um, instead of putting a big chunk of many days at the end of the year, they would uh, every few years. They like we do now. We we put a leap day on the end of February, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, the Romans started something like that, except they didn't put it right at the end of the, the month. They put it. I guess it would have been around the last week of the month or something. What was interesting to me as I was doing the as I was looking at all this stuff was, um, as you read the Bible, of course, Old and New Testament, you realize, um, you know, you realize it, but you don't. You don't, it's one of those things where you, you realize it, but then when you say it to yourself, you're like, oh, yeah. But the Jews did not have uh, names for the days of the week except for the Sabbath. 
And uh, I was I found this fascinating. I did not know this. Now I know that our days of the week today uh, come from the planets: Saturday, Saturn; Sunday, the Sun; Monday, the Moon. Uh, right. Martis, yeah. Mardi mm-hmm. in French is Tuesday or Mars. Mercury, Mercury, Mercredi, Miércoles in Spanish is Mercury. Jovis, Judy. Did you know that Judy is a French word for Jove, which means Jupiter? So I discovered today that my mom's name is uh, <laughs> by Jove. Is Jupiter is a female <laughs> Jupiter name? Is the French name for for Jupiter? Well, and then that's Thursday. Interesting. And then uh, Venus, Viernes, Vendredi in French is uh, Friday. But uh, I didn't know that these uh, planet names for the days of the week were made official. The seven-day planetary week was finally sort of cast in stone, if you will, by Constantine in 321 A.D. I didn't know that. The other thing that fascinated me, too, and I'm getting a lot of this information. Let me just credit this work, and I'll put a link to this work in the description below. Um, The History and Practice of Ancient Astronomy. It's kind of an encyclopedic uh, look at how the ancient world practiced and used astronomy by a man named James Evans. And so I researched a lot of it from his book, and I'll put a link to the description below. You can find out more about this work. It's fascinating. It's a great work. Um, Mr. Evans chronicles where the idea of A.D. came from. And uh, you know how we use B.C. before Christ and A.D. Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. And uh, Mr. Evans says, quote, The practice of reckoning years from the beginning of the Christian era was introduced in the 6th century, Anno Domini, A.D., by the Roman abbot, a monk, Dionysius Exegius... It's it's a weird last name spelling. Dionysius Exegius... I'm killing it. E-X-I-G-U-U-S. Exiguous or something. Exiguous. Maybe that's it. That's 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 good. <laughs> By the Roman abbot Dionysus Exiguous. That sounds good. But he came up with this uh, A.D. Um, but before this time, Mr. Evans says, a year was commonly specified by the names of the consuls for that year or later in terms of the number of years elapsed since the beginning of the reign of some emperor, which is what you read in the New Testament, in the third reign or, you know, in the fourth year of so-and-so. A lot of times they would refer to the years as what number year, you know, Julius Caesar has been in power or, or an emperor or something like this, in the fourth year of this person, in the seventh year of this person. Um, But uh, Dionysus came up with the ADBC, which is really cool. I didn't know that. Interesting little story about the Romans, Dan. Um, the Julius Caesar was known for coming up with the Julian calendar, and uh, before they had the Julian, before the Julian calendar, the Romans had a different calendar. And what happened would be okay. Their their year, their months was a little shorter than the real year according to the sun, right? Which we talked right. about. Well, the way they would deal with that is it was up to the emperor to decide uh, when to add these extra days, like leap days, to correct the calendar. And so it got to where the politicians got into this, right? (laughs) 
That's never good. And uh, <laughs> it became a kind of political thing. Where they, so the emperor would decide to uh, hold off and not do the extra day because it would benefit him some way instead of his opponents. Or, you know, so it was, became a kind of political fight about when to do the leap days. And so there were years and years where they never added the leap days. So there was general relativity. <laughs> it was a political relativity, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it was a general relativity in the ancient world. <laughs> right. Yeah, so the uh, the the calendar got way off and because uh, there were years where they just didn't didn't add the leap days and it kind of got way behind. And so when they decided to change to the Julian calendar, there was a year, I think it was 46 BC, where they actually added 67 days to the end of the year. They added two extra months, two extra months uh, in the year. Wow. What would you do with yourself for two extra months? And we complain about daylight savings time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we complain with the extra hour. <laughs> And uh, Dan, the Egyptians, when they had extra days at the end of the year, they would call it a holiday. And so they they thought it was unlucky to work in that time. So they, everybody would take off and have a party. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, so Mr. Caesar just added uh, 67 <laughs> days to the end of the year. It's good to be the king. You just kind of extend time as you want to. And so now that's kind of what Einstein then Einstein comes along and he says, well, all time is relevant. It does relative. It doesn't matter. Who knows what time it is, right? <laughs> Everything is in motion. Nobody has a calendar. Who, what, you know, what are we going to do? So, uh, you know, thank you, Copernicus, for moving everything around, right? We, we used to think, uh, and, and, and things just got crazy. You're right. Uh, but, but it was fascinating because in 46 BC until 1582 from the first century BC, to the 16th century AD, we had the Julian calendar. But That's by right. 1582, Wayne, and I think you know this. Yeah. By 1582, Easter was on, well, no, not Easter, excuse me. The vernal equinox, spring, by 1582, was on March 11th. Because what was happening, as I understand the research that I did, and correct me if I'm wrong, on the Julian calendar, Every 400 years, the spring equinox on the calendar would slip by three days or so. Yeah. So every 400 years, the the, sp the spring would, would retrograde through the Julian calendar. So by 1582, spring had moved to March 11th. And uh, so what was happening was that their observations, and you said this at the beginning, the observations, they weren't doing observations. They were, the observations, what was going on in the sky was not what was happening on paper, right? right Their little calendars right. didn't, the, the, the man-made calendars weren't matching up, were falling behind um, the, uh, the what was actually going on in the sky. So the calendar wasn't observational, um, but it was, it was, um, so every 400 years, uh, spring would slip by three days. So, you know, you have about four, almost four cycles of spring slipping three days. So by 1582, Pope Gregory the 13th, uh, spring was on March 11th. And in Constantine, when they tried to fix the date for the vernal equinox on spring on March 21, 
um, you had a difference between observational and calendrical time. And by the time of Gregory in 1582, well, it was 1572 when he was elected, but by 1582, um, spring was way off. And so there was something that needed to be done. They knew this was a problem in 1545. Pope Paul III was pressured to change this or to do something about it. But hey, Pope, you can understand, he just got a letter from Copernicus saying the earth was moving, right? I don't, <laughs> so the earth is moving and our calendar is broken. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do? Yeah. How can we tell time? Something needs to happen here, right? Uh, so it was crazy times. And and you in your in our Cosmos book, in our Cosmos book, Wayne, you have a wonderful chapter uh, that you wrote about how the calendars were changing in in Kepler and and Bra's time. And you go to one city and be one date. You go to another city to be another date. Because when the Pope instituted this calendar in 1582, the Protestants were like, "No, we're not doing that." <laughs> that's right and that. in fact england didn't adopt this till 1752 1752 england and the protestants and the colonies i didn't know this fascinated me the colonies finally adopted the gregorian calendar in 1752 almost 200 years after pope gregory's uh, papal bull amazing right and dan um uh i in my chapter in the book I talk about, I think I mentioned Kepler, because he had to move from one city to another. And I think uh, the way it worked, that if if a city changed from the Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar, there was a year where they they actually lost 10 days out of the calendar. Right, right, right. It was... uh... (laughs) They lost... So by... by moving to a different city, Kepler lost days, right? Because, because he was changing calendars. Gregorian uh, Pope Gregory, when he changed this, he changed it in February 1582, and he sliced off. Uh, he st- on October 4th, he mandated the loss of the ten days. So the new Gregorian calendar took away ten days from the Julian calendar. So if you were Catholic, uh, you lost ten days. Protestants were like you're not taking ten days from us. <laughs> and so you went to a Catholic city and you lose 10 days. You go to a Protestant, right. Protestant city and you get 10 days back. Um, but it was October 1582 from October, say, I don't know what the exact day was, but on October 4th, 1582, say it was a Monday. And then Tuesday would have been October 15th. So you went from Monday, October 4th to Tuesday, October 15th. And that was the next day. So you lost 10 days on the Gregorian calendar. So right. a lot of, a lot of this, this didn't help that this was going on in the counter-reformation time period during, uh, you know, yeah. all that stuff. So, so it was crazy. Catholic and Protestants was not just theological, but it was cal- calendrical as well. Yes. Yes. And, uh, uh, Johann Kepler, uh, tried to convince Protestants to follow the Gregorian calendar because uh, he he said it was a good calendar, so it was good enough. That we still have it today. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, so we have we have missed a lot of craziness over what happened through history with calendars, Dan. Right, right. So, just a little uh, calendar trivia here, Wayne. Did you know that uh, the thirteenth day of most months was called I. I do's or Ides. It, it well, I'm killing it. It's in Latin. You would see I D U S, 
but then we pronounce it Ides, I-D-E-S. Um, so the 13th of most months was called the Ides. And so uh, the uh, you'd have the Ides of April, then you'd have the Ides of March. And then, of course, on March 15th, 44 BC, Julius Caesar was assassinated in the Senate. It wasn't exactly on the 13th, but, uh, you know, the Ides of March, you hear that phrase. Um, just an interesting little tidbit there. Um, yeah, kind of dread the Ides of March. Right. Now, yeah. I think this is where we get our word calendar from, but the first day of the month, so there's Ides, but the first day of the month was called Calendae or Calends in English. The, f- the fifth of most months was called the mm-hmm. None or right. Nuns in English. So that you have the Calends of April. We call that April Fool's Day. Uh-huh. That's the first of every month. Or you have the Calends of May. And so I think I think that is where we get our term calendar from. I think that's where it comes from, from these uh, ancient Roman names. The oh. Calends, the Ides, and the Nones, if I'm pronouncing that right. But just some interesting terms. Um, now... Um, yeah, that, that's from our, that's from from going back to Rome. So Rome gave us a calendar, concrete, and a few poets. Oh, <laughs> yes, and Dan, <laughs> one other little uh, tidbit about Rome and the and and the months of the year. They they were kind of superstitious about numbers, so they tried to avoid using thirty mm. for the number of days in the month. So they would. Uh, often making me the 29 or 31, and that's really why we have 31-day months. Mm. But the the names of months that we have today come from the, the Roman calendar. So we that was kept when they went from the Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar. They kept the names of the months. But they started doing leap days in February like we do. There's a story that when they first instituted the Julian calendar, um, they were putting the this this is the first time they had done leap days, and they did it incorrectly for a while. They they were doing the leap days on in February once every three years instead of four years like we do, and that made their 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 months get off, and then they. <laughs> it wasn't until Caesar Augustus later that they uh, he, he put out a decree to correct this, and then it took them another thirty six years to get the, mm. the get it all corrected correctly. They had it off and well, messed up and forgot, and then they go back to it, and it was just more more <laughs> chaos like for a while. <laughs> And we have the month of July. So, yes, indeed, it was chaos because emperors making time is is not really a good idea. You see what happens when man tries to make time, and uh, we we mess it up. But um, Julius Caesar, yeah, Julius Caesar, uh, when he passed away, when he was murdered in 44 BC, the Senate decided to honor his memory by renaming his birth month. He was born in the month of Quintilis. They named it. Julius, or what we call now July. So July is a named in honor of Julius Caesar, who was assassinated on March 15th, near the Ides of March on 44 BC. And then, as you say, Augustus came along in 8 BC uh, to try to fix all the intercalations, you know, all that stuff that was confusing. And the Roman Senate honored Augustus by renaming him for the month of Sextilis, 
since it was in that month that Augustus was first admitted to the consulate and thrice entered the city in triumph. And that's from James Evans' book. Um, so, so we have two, two Caesars, uh, two Roman emperors in the calendar, July and August. Pretty interesting, huh? We appreciate you taking the time to join us for this episode of Good Heavens. For more information on Good Heavens or any other resources on Christian apologetics, world religions, and cults, be sure to visit watchman.org today.